What's so special about Hero Bread's soft, fluffy, and delicious breads, buns, and tortillas? These ultra-low net-carb baked goods contain zero sugar, fewer calories, and more protein than the leading brands and are high in fiber to support gut health. Shop now at Hero.co. Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich, but you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Are you a football fan looking for the latest analysis and news on the Jacksonville Jaguars? You're in the right place. Black and Teal, baby. Welcome to the Gen Jag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Move those chains. Here's your host, Jordan. Welcome to the 64th episode of the Gen Jag Podcast. I'm your host, Jordan DeLugo, joined as always by Scott Klein. We're without Hunter Evans today, who... What is he coming down with? What did he say? I think it was strep throat. Strep throat. Sure. <laughs> so, uh, unfortunately, Hunter's not here with us today, but we've got a loaded episode. The free agent frenzy has begun. I mean, technically, free agency started two hours ago before we started recording this, but in all earnesty, it's been going on since Monday. <laughs> I loved it. It was like, free agency is about to start. Are there any free agents left? Right, yeah. So there's just been a bevy of moves all across the league, including in Jacksonville, uh, where the Jaguars have spent quite a bit more money on outside free agents than really anybody believed they would. I don't think think I've seen anyone or heard anyone predict this kind of activity from the Jaguars. I mean, they've signed... Six outside free agents, I believe. They have visits with a couple, with at least one more. They're interested in at least one more. They re-signed Marquise Lee and Shane Wynn, two receivers. So they've got they've got a lot of roster, their roster already filled out right now. And we'll get into all these moves. They've signed guys. They've lost guys. They tendered some guys. They decided not to tender some other guys. Um, some of their free agents have made some interesting visits and signed in other interesting places. Chad Henney, we just learned, is going to be visiting with the Titans. Good luck to the Titans there. Uh, so that'll be really interesting. But we're going to get into all of it. And we're also going to play our exclusive interview with Dwayne Smoot, our UCF Jaguar, who's our YouTube and video correspondent. Got to sit down with Dwayne and talk about all things football. And he's going into his first offseason as a professional, Dwayne Smoot is. So... Uh, some exciting stuff there. We'll get to that interview throughout the show. We've also got three lovely beverages here from Bold City Brewery. We've got the Avant Gardener, which is supporting the Cummer Museum. Uh, they had some pretty bad damage out in their gardens from last year's hurricanes, and the Avant Gardener helps that out a bit. The uh, Shrimp and Grits Cerveza mm-hmm. is made for um, the Jacksonville Jumbo Shrimp. And sold out their games, so we got some of that here today too. And we've also got a very special pop top beer that we will get to about halfway through the episode. We've got a lot to get to, Scott. Let's get you ready for it. Oh yeah! All right, so you can follow Scott Klein on Twitter at Scott Klein One. Follow myself at Jordan Delugo on Twitter, and of course, you can follow Hunter Evans as well 
at Coach H underscore Evans. Please give him a hard time for not being here. Uh, if you can, please review us on iTunes if you like the show. We'd really appreciate that. And also follow us on SoundCloud. So let's get to it. For you, what is the number one biggest move, either a Jaguars signing or departure? I think it's clearly between one of two moves. Which one is which one's bigger for you? For me, it's got to be the guys coming in. It's okay. got to be Andrew Norwell. Yeah. Um, That's. I mean, for huge, me, that was clearly number one. Yeah, it was one. Of, it was one of their biggest needs. Um, a great football player. I mean, right. one of the highest rate, rated guards or even offensive linemen in pro football. Right. By PFF, didn't give up a QB sack or even a QB hit all of last year. Um, it's, it was definitely something that needed to be addressed, should have been addressed last year. We've gone over that extensively, right? but they're not going to make the same mistake, mistake twice. And this guy, he's 26 You could argue years that old. they made it twice by not signing Mac the year before. This is, you're, okay, try, I mean, thrice, <laughs> three times mistake, but I mean, they're, they're getting a guy who's 26, literally going into the prime of his career, yeah. who's already shown... He's durable. He hasn't missed a game. He's played he 33 38 straight, games. straight games. 38. Yeah. Even better. I thought it was 33. <laughs> um, he's dominating, getting better every year. And it fills one of the gl- glaring weaknesses on this football team. Yeah. It's a perfect storm. Yeah, it's a really interesting signing. Five years, $66.5 million. Uh, he's the highest paid offensive lineman in the NFL. <laughs> I mean, that, that tells you what the Jaguars think about him. Uh, he's only 26 years old. Amazingly, he was undrafted coming out of Ohio State. Even though he was a five-star recruit and started for three years at Ohio State, he goes undrafted, uh, gets with Carolina, becomes a solid starter, and then develops into one of the best guards in football. You pair him, and he's on the left side in Carolina. I presume that's where he'll be again with the Jaguars. Put him next to... Cam Robinson, that is a really nice left side. If you have Brandon Linderstein in the middle, that's three players in a row right next to each other that are just... You know Linder and Norwell are obviously already probably elite players at their positions. Mm-hmm. Norwell definitely is. Linder, I Absolutely. think some people might argue that he's not, but he's, he's certainly in the conversation. At the worst, a second tier. Yeah. And then Cam Robinson, he projects to be one of the better left tackles in football after a rookie season where he played a lot, started a lot, and you know he dealt with some injuries but still played pretty well through those injuries. Uh, so Norwell signing was huge. It's a sign that the Jaguars want to continue to be the team that will lead the NFL in rushing and that they don't want to have lulls in the running attack like they did last year. Throughout some games, they couldn't really run the ball effectively. And in just key spots, sometimes they weren't running the ball effectively. And a lot of that had to do with, in my opinion, the guard spot on both sides. AJ Can and Patrick Omame, who Omame is a free agent at left guard. And this directly replaces him. So maybe Omame comes back if there's not much of a market for him and competes with Can at right guard. But I, I don't know. That's what I would have guessed would happen even after the Norwell signing, just because just plugging in Norwell and hoping can. You can't just hope can is going to take the next step anymore. Yeah. You got to push him. Yeah. You got to do it. 
I mean, he he played better last year than he had the year prior, but he still wasn't he wasn't as consistent as you needed him to be. Mm-hmm. And I mean, he had some dominant games. I think in the uh, Buffalo Bills game in the playoffs, he was maybe the highest graded lineman in the whole playoffs that weekend, but uh, just not consistent enough. So. Happy to see Norwell. Now you're looking at an offensive line that looks a lot better than it did just with one move. Yeah. <laughs> it's pretty cool. Um, and he's only 26. He should be able to be, you know, a cog in that offensive line for years to come. The whole offensive line is really young at this point, except for Jeremy Parnell. And you do have some guys behind him and um, – Josh Wells that could potentially fill in. He's a younger guy. He's getting in the middle of his career now, but still, they've got depth. They've got youth. They've got talent. That offensive line is a lot better than it was. Oh, yeah. Now, getting into the next big signing for the Jaguars, Dante Moncrief. One year, $7 million with incentives that can get up to $9.6 million. This is a guy that's caught a lot of touchdown passes in his short career. He's been injury-prone. He's got the size and the deep speed that you really like to see. What are your initial thoughts on the Moncrief signing? I've been lukewarm on the guy for a while. Um, I, I've never been overly impressed with him. He was able to have some success with, uh, with Andrew Luck. Um, even sc- had a season where he scored, I think, seven touchdowns. Um, he, they, he was one of the remaining wide receivers that I felt like they had to get one of them. Um, you can't rely on bringing in, even drafting a 29, bringing in a rookie and expecting him to be your go-to guy. Um, I, now, I don't necessarily think Moncrief will be that, but it definitely adds just some age and some games behind him. Yeah, I think he's, he's a guy that should be able to be a two or a three on a team when healthy. Yeah. He's got the speed, certainly. Yeah, I mean, oh, you've yeah. got a lot of speed at that position now. Deep speed. Oh, yeah. So, I mean, you like that. And he's a guy that can go deep, like I said, which I think kind of complements Marquise Lee because Lee's really good at the crossing routes Mm -hmm. and such. So they have different skill sets. Speaking of Lee, he got uh, over $9 a year from the Jaguars. I mean, that that is more shocking than anything, probably. Yeah. um, Both of these wide receiver signings, to me, felt... Like, once A-Rob was gone, Sammy Watkins came off the board. Um, right. Even, Sammy Watkins got more money than Allen Robinson. insane. I thought we, Sammy Watkins was looking about what Marquise Lee got. Yeah. Maybe a little bit maybe higher. Maybe 10-ish. But this is something where they had to address this, the, 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 the position. Marquise Lee is a guy who they've had in the building. They know what they have in him. There's potential there. You just consistency has been the problem and just drops. Dro- yeah, um, untimely drops. I've, I mean, two I, drops last year directly yeah. led to losses for the Jaguars. Yeah, he he had some rough t- <laughs> rough times. Um, hopefully, an improved running game. Even though they were the number one rushing team in the league last year, right? And help. you know, they were the num- they were dominant at times running the ball, but like because they said, just it was volume. They just. They had times where they couldn't really run the ball. Yeah. And they don't want to have that this year, obviously. But Yeah, so, I mean, it's something where they had to go out and address the, the room. And they got two guys who they know can play football. One guy who's been here. Um, 
People are losing their minds over it. I think it's way over, way more of an overreaction than the Marquise Lee reaction. Well, uh, both of the guys. Yeah, really. It's it's the end of the world if you <laughs> if you go look on Twitter. I mean, it is interesting if you think about it. These two guys this year are going to cost more than the franchise tag would have, or about the yep. same for Allen Robinson. This is true, and certainly more than his just salary is with the. Uh, Bears, who he signed with. Yeah, I'm. I'm still puzzled by the the lack of the franchise tag. Um, uh, clearly, they just they didn't think he was worth it. He did that at that value. Yeah. Now, I mean, I, I'm. Everyone's curious about what went down with the contract <laughs> negotiations. Like, I think he valued himself a bit more than the Jaguars did, and I would guess that their number for him was a lot closer to their number for Marquise Lee yeah. than a lot of people thought. I don't agree with that, but that's my thinking. Because also, having nearly $14 million in Andrew Norwell, you might not be able to get that deal done. Look, addressing Allen Robinson or even doing any of the other moves that they made. Yeah. So it's... They decided they are a run-first team. And I, we, I even texted this out. May, I'm starting to think that they don't identify themselves as absolutely needing a number one type wide receiver. Right. Because they shouldn't have to rely on the passing game as much because they want to run the ball every down they can. Yeah. And maybe a number one receiver doesn't want to stay here like Allen Robinson because he's not going to be getting the ball as yeah. much as he would like. Because, I mean, they're clearly making an effort to do everything they can in the running game. Yep. Uh, it's it's they just paid a guard the most money an offensive lineman's ever gotten. Right. So it's which I think he's about to be taught by Nate Solder. <laughs> yeah. But he's getting signed by the Browns, right? The, the Giants. Oh the Giants, right. Right. And the Giants were actually the team that most had pegged Andrew Norwell to go to. So it's kind of funny. Tom Coughlin getting back at his old team stealing Norwell from him. <laughs> there was a there was actually somebody who said the two offers were pretty similar. He just chose the Jaguars over New York. I mean, I like, roster-wise, yeah. it's hard to argue with oh, that. Oh, yeah. <laughs> so. But Jacksonville versus New York? Right. That's I mean, two totally different Some markets. people aren't trying to be in the big city. Yeah. Yeah. So, hey, we love that you're here. Yeah. Let's go play football. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, some might say Marquise Lee's signing... His number was the most surprising. This next signing might be, if not the most, definitely second most surprising in terms of the number. Cornerback DJ Hayden, three years, $19 million, 9.5 guaranteed, upside of $21 million with incentives. I mean, it's over $6 million a year for DJ Hayden when you didn't want to sign Aaron Colvin for eight, a little over eight. I mean, it's I, interesting. I'm not maybe Aaron Colvin was just like, I don't want to be the third guy anymore. They probably offered something similar to Colvin, and he said, "No, I can go get two more, two million a year more, and he uh, from somewhere else." Yeah, and that somewhere else ended up being the Jaguars' division rival, the Houston Texans. Yeah, so should I, be noted, Dante Moncrief's coming from Indy, so the Jaguars are getting some in yeah. talent division there, so that's good. But I mean. It's a head. I mean, it's surprising. I, the 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 main thing that comes up to me about uh, DJ Hayden 
It's not his play on the football field, but the injury before he was even drafted, where he he had a, a heart condition where he got hit, and I guess uh, an artery was torn or a vein was torn. Yeah. Um, but other than that, that's not good when he's been in the league for four or five years. Right. It's he was not, a first the round not pick. A best play. Twelfth <laughs> overall um, in 2013. And he just hasn't developed into the starting type guy that people pegged him as, mm-hmm. or at least the Raiders pegged him as. And now he's, you know, clearly going to be the third guy or compete to be the third guy. You would think at that number he would be pretty much guaranteed the spot. Who and he's and he has experience playing on the outside. I mean, that's what he's been most of his career in the NFL. So he's a guy that hopefully they think can fill in. Just in case one of the other two go down, mm-hmm. because if not, then you're you're looking at Tyler Patman, or you're looking at Jalen Myrick be going outside. Not really something they've had too much experience doing. Well, Myrick did last year in a spots. Bit. Yeah, in I spots. mean, yeah, I'm not saying he's yeah. highly experienced, <laughs> but at least there's some some yeah. experience there. Uh, and I like that competition now a lot mm-hmm. in term. It probably won't necessarily be an open competition at the third or the nickel corner spot. But you've got some depth there now. Yeah. I think Tyler Patman and Myrick are good depth yeah. to have. Mm-hmm. You know, Patman was just one of the best players on the team in training camp last year and throughout the preseason. And then, like we said earlier, Myrick, he had to get in there and play a little bit this year, and he did not perform poorly. Of course, he did during training camp, but once the regular season came around, he played pretty well when he was asked to get in the game. Uh, Hayden's 27, so all these guys are 27 or younger, these new guys that the Jaguars, the big three that they got, Hayden, Moncrief, and Norwell. Uh, they're, they're some interesting moves, Yeah, no doubt about it. I don't think that they're moves that, I mean, Norwell, that's a home run. Right. Everything else is just kind of like, well, that's probably a role player for you. And when, and when you have so few holes like the Jaguars do, you're not looking to go out and hit home runs like you were last year or the year before that. It's how can we make our weaknesses maybe not so much weaknesses, you know, or, hey, we have we we like where we're at, but we want to try and get a little bit better. It doesn't always have to be hit a home run. You can win a game hitting singles, yeah. you know. So the salary cap was a lot tighter this year than it has been in a while. Um, Although you wouldn't know it. <laughs> yeah, they keep... It's like, okay, oh, they signed another guy? How yeah. are they getting the money? And then after that, they signed two more. Right, so yeah. <laughs> they've also signed, beyond Hayden, Moncrief, and Norwell, they signed tight end Niles Paul, who he's had some success as a receiver for the mm-hmm. uh, Redskins. Not a ton of success. He had one really big year where he caught almost 40 passes, but... He's a guy that can maybe stretch the field down the middle a little bit, yeah. maybe challenge some uh, safeties, and just make teams respect you a little bit more than if Mercedes Lewis is out there. Yeah, he's, I mean, you look at what we have on the roster, you're, the easiest comparison to him is Koyak. Um, he's obviously had a lot more success than Koyak has. Um, I see him sliding into the number two spot as of now. We'll see when the draft comes up, if that's still the case. But another reason why he's being signed here is special teams. No doubt. He was a special teams captain for the Redskins. Um, 
<laughs> there's clips on, on online of him just blowing up dudes as a gunner on punt, on punt coverage. Yeah. So, so he's got that's some awesome. speed too. You like yeah. to see that. And these next three, th- these three guys are seem to me like Joe DiCamillo's kind of guy. Yeah. They're special teamers, you know, um, and depth. Um, but yeah, Niles Paul is a name who you know. I mean, he's recognizable. So that's I'd like to see his deal because. Right, Paul, and the next two guys we're going to talk about. We don't know their numbers yeah. yet, so. That'll be interesting to see, certainly. You would think all three of them are pretty low low contract numbers, but we don't know yet. And the next one, Don Carey, actually started his career in Jacksonville. Yeah. Started 10 games for the Jaguars in 2010, and um, since then he's only started 12 games, and he hasn't started a single game since 2014, but he's a special teamer. Yeah, I think, I think it was Mike K who tweeted it out. He's played uh, in the last seven years, I believe. He's played 110 defensive snaps and 770 special team snaps. Yeah. So that tells you kind of what he does. It certainly does. No doubt about that. So it's interesting bringing him back. And the next guy, too, Cody Davis, another special teams guy at defensive back. These guys probably mean the end of Peyton Thompson in Jacksonville. Yeah. It was not tendered by the team. Um. These guys are probably going to be guys who are fighting maybe even for the same roster spot. Yeah. Um, I doubt we'll see every single one of these guys that we have signed on the team. Yeah, Kerry's a bit older. He's 31 now. Yeah. So it'll be interesting. But both guys, all three of these guys, Niles Paul, Don Kerry, Cody Davis, have had a lot of success on special teams. The Jaguars want to continue to improve their special teams. They were certainly improved last year under Joe DiCamillis, but... They could still stand to improve in certain areas. That one game against the Rams still stands out. The special teams units lost the Jaguars the game. If you're not getting better, somebody else is. Right. That's, that's, that's been my motto. <laughs> so their work, that's clearly the Jaguars' motto, too, <laughs> here. Now, we said they re-signed Marquise Lee. So you're looking at Lee is probably your number one receiver right now. Mm-hmm. Although he's not a number one type receiver. Yeah. He's the Jaguars, probably number one guy, with Moncrief, probably number two right now, and then Cole and Westbrook. And that's, I mean, unless there's something coming that we're not expecting, that's probably going to be what your wide receiver core looks like besides probably a draft pick somewhere. Yeah, it seems... And Shane Wynn they re-signed as well. Okay, yeah. And Jade Mickens. (laughs) Forget about those two. I think those two might be competing for a roster spot. Yeah, to get like against each other. Um, it's it's all it's very similar to what. Oh, and Alan Hearns. Alan Hearns, of course. <laughs> we always forget about Alan Hearns because we're like, is he about to get cut? It's to me. We've been thinking that all off season. We're, and even now, we were talking about it a little bit before. Where is the money going to come from? Because we're over the cap, right. definitely. No matter what the numbers are for these guys, gotta be. But there's stuff that's still coming. Down the road, but we'll we'll talk about that when it and if it happens. Um, but it's this is room looks very similar to last year, and they had success at times. Yeah, I mean you got some young guys who Didi and Keelan Cole. Yeah, they were impressive for rookies. Oh yeah, no doubt, no doubt about it. You know they way overperformed what we, what we thought was capable. And they Didi, had to. Yeah, especially Keelan Cole, who I think 
had the fifth highest um, incentive bonuses um, as far as per his contract in right. of all rookies, which is pretty cool. <laughs> yeah, I think he had like three hundred fifty-eight thousand dollars extra just in bonuses from from every his performance. Yeah, but those guys, you're obviously hoping they take a step, and they're hoping not to have to throw the ball as much as they just did this year because in some games like Seattle. Right. They were having to throw it all over the place. They don't want to have a game like yeah, that. Yeah, exactly. At all. And I don't blame them. Uh, Blake Bortles is your quarterback. Not hating on Blake, but, you know, he's a game manager. Hmm. You're out, You're there. The Jaguars are there every week to dominate you with their offensive line and dominate you with Leonard Fournette and TJ Yeldon and perhaps another running back. Maybe they get in the draft. Who knows? And I think you you should absolutely see a decline in his uh, uh, attempts, but doesn't that is. yes, but that doesn't necessarily mean a dip in the stats because a good running game should open up a lot of room to throw the ball around. Yeah, you certainly hope so. Should you'd like to see some less stacked boxes than they saw last year? But I don't know if it's going to happen. Yeah, and not even if they do stack the box, you got to be able to execute. Right. And that's that seemed to be a chore. Last and with Norwell, you're hoping that helps out quite a bit. Mm-hmm. You never know. They could look to add another guard in the draft. They could still go high on guard. Absolutely. Uh, there's plenty of talented guards available in the first few rounds. Mm-hmm. So that'll be really interesting to see. The Jaguars have another tight end scheduled for a visit tomorrow, Austin Safarian Jenkins, who... He's had some success at times in the NFL, was drafted pretty high, but overall has been a disappointment. But still, a guy that probably is a better receiver than anybody the Jaguars have at tight end right now. Absolutely. Just look at look at the plays he made against us last year. Mm-hmm. I mean, he made some unbelievable catches. I don't know if they're just going to start printing money down at the bank, <laughs> which actually is great. <laughs> I didn't yeah. think about that till now, but... It's just, I don't see where the money's going to go. I don't know how we're going to be able to sign many more people. I don't either, and you've still got the draft class yeah. to sign. Which is, you should do $5 million just about yeah. to save room for that. <laughs> it's going to be pretty <laughs> wild to see how this all shakes out. No doubt about it. They've also shown some interest in linebacker Barcavius Mingo. Uh, not much happening on that front. There's no like visit scheduled or anything like that, but there's been reports of interest. And he'd be a guy that would, if they signed him, would probably be able to compete for the starting, and we say starting, it's not really starting, but the starting Sam linebacker job. Because that's a, that's a position that's basically been replaced on most of the snaps by the nickel cornerback. Yeah. But still, you need, you need somebody there. They have Blair Brown right now, you would think would be etched in as the starter if the season started today, but they could be looking to upgrade that spot. There's a position that we haven't really talked about that there's a glaring need at. Okay. We only have one quarterback on the roster right now. There's no question about that. <laughs> uh, and I, I was planning on talking about that a bit more later. Oh. Potentially talking about Excuse like what me. the Jaguars are going to do moving forward. Because, uh, yeah, there's one quarterback on the roster. The, co- the backup quarterback from the last, gosh, handful of years, Chad Henney. Visiting your division rival, the Titans, they're going to have to do something. You can't have one quarterback. Yeah. (laughs) 
So that'll be really interesting to see where they go. We can look at that a little bit. But two big guys the Jaguars lost. Aaron Colvin going to Houston. Four years, $34 million, Over $8 million a year. It's about $2 million more than what, than what our uh, DJ Hayden's getting. And I just, for the life of me, I just completely disagree with letting him walk. Yeah. Well... Like Tom Coughlin said, it takes two to tango. He could have very well said, you know, I'm gonna start. I'm yeah. I'm a, I want to be, I want to be somebody's number one. Well, if you want to be a number one on a second or third place team in the AFC <laughs> South, be my guest. Oh man, you could have been a number three on a Super Bowl champion team. Yeah. So, and this might be the same kind of situation that happened with Allen Robinson, who got three years, forty-two million. He might have been like. I'm getting out of here. I want to go to a place that wants to pass the ball and feature me every week. I don't think the Jaguars plan on featuring any receiver every week next season. Yeah. Honestly, I don't. Yeah. If there would have been one, you would have thought it would have been Robinson. But uh, he might just want more opportunity. He might have want to. I mean, he's he's not a Florida kid. He's from. He went to Penn State. He's yeah. from Detroit. Maybe he wanted to get back into the North. Hey, maybe he'll help them win more than five games next year. Hey, maybe. <laughs> maybe not. They got a nice little receiving core going yeah. on there, though. Um, they got Taylor Taylor Gabriel. Yeah, I think from Atlanta. And then they also Trey got Trey Burton. Burton so yeah. they got some nice pieces for Mitch Trubisky to play with there. And uh, I wish Robinson the best. I wish Coleman yeah. the best. I think fans get way too like personal with all this stuff. Players are not bad people because they leave your team. No, not at all. And that's you got to think. Okay, Allen Robinson is from up in that area. Yeah, I think he's, he's from, from around Detroit. Yeah. So it's closer to home. Um, it's it, he gets an opportunity to be in a situation where he gets to a make a lot of money and b be in a more comfortable situation for him. I feel like um, it sucks. I wanted the guy here. I was completely wrong thinking that they would let him walk because I didn't think that you could let a guy like that walk. Yeah, they obviously. I mean, he's a fan thing. favorite. Like, yeah, he's how one many of the, Allen Robinson jerseys are going in the trash this year? I'm not. I'm not throwing. My, <laughs> I'm not going to throw any jerseys away either. But figuratively speaking, yeah, it's just it's it's crazy. I I wish he would have stayed. Um, I like the guy, but it's a business. He made his choice. He's going to go up in that ice-cold tundra. <laughs> yeah. Maybe. Now, personally, if I'm the Jags, I'm just hoping Cortland Sutton is there at 29. Because I think this, I think Cortland Sutton's a guy that's going to be better than Allen Robinson. Yeah. And a similar player. Body, uh, you know, height, weight, all mm-hmm. that stuff. I think he's more athletic than Robinson, which is amazing at his size. But anyways, we can get more to the draft later. There's plenty of stuff to get to here. Uh, Corey Grant. Corey Grant was tendered, second-round tender by the Jaguars. That means if another team wants to sign Corey Grant and they agree to a deal, the Jaguars have the right to match that deal. And if the Jaguars decide not to match that deal, they'll get a second-round pick from the team signing Grant. So either it's, way, you're going to get value from Grant this year. It's no brainer. Yeah. yeah, I mean to get to get potentially get a good football player who made a huge impact in the AFC Championship game for a half, mm-hmm. or 
You get a second round draft pick for your third running back who was an undrafted free agent. Right. That's crazy value. <laughs> yeah, and it just seems... I don't know what team would give up a second round pick for a guy so unproven, but... Yeah. I don't know. <laughs> yeah? <laughs> I've seen stranger things, I guess. But, uh... Ben... Excuse me. Ben Koyak and Will Poles were also given tenders. They were given the exclusive rights tenders, which basically means they can sign to play for the Jaguars this year or not play in the NFL. <laughs> so they're going to be Jaguars. Did not tender Peyton Thompson or Tyler Gaffney. Looks like Peyton Thompson's done in Jacksonville. He's been a special team standout yeah. for the last two years. And Aurelius Ben had been as well. Both of those guys look like they're going to be gone. Ben certainly is gone. Tyler Gaffney's a backup running back. He could end up coming back. You don't know how much of a market there will be there for him. But, um, yeah, very interesting stuff. Some big-time roster turnover. Colvin and Robinson gone. Andrew Norwell solidifying the left guard spot. Dante Moncrief comes in as a role player at wide receiver. DJ Hayden's probably going to be the starting Starting nickel corner, so you've got some real roster flux here, but the big thing is, where's the holes on the roster now, besides quarterback? Yeah, I mean... There's no holes. You're looking You're looking at tight end still, just kind of peeking over there like, yeah... If you want to get like an elite type guy. Yeah, exactly. If you want to, mm-hmm. but do you? I don't know. Right guard is still a question mark. Yeah. Wide receiver... But it's not necessarily a hole. It's not like Cam no, was terrible yeah. last year. Yeah, he wasn't consistent enough. There's, there's, there's certainly weaker parts to the team, but as far as a glaring weak, a glaring hole now, there's not, it's, there's not much. Yeah, pretty fantastic stuff <laughs> for a team that, over the last five plus years, you're looking over the roster just saying. There's a hole, 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 there's a hole. We need to sign players at this position. We need to draft players at this position. There's not a whole lot that you have to do now if you're the Jaguars. And it allows so much freedom for guys like Tom Coughlin and Dave Caldwell to be able to just go out and just get good football players. No doubt about it. Stock up, regardless of position. Obviously, there's positions that make more of an impact on the team. But if there's a guy who's an insane value at a position that you're not really needy at, you, you have the avail- availability to go get a guy who you think can make a huge impact and not be pigeonholed into saying, I need, I need a, a corner right. or I need a quarterback. So it's, it's crazy. Yeah, I'm starting to wonder <laughs> if linebacker comes in play earlier in the draft than we might yeah. have thought. But we do. Because you just make that, that, whole, that whole group just elite. If you added a guy really high, I mean, yeah. that'd be interesting. It would be adding a guy who would... Be a premium pick at a position that wouldn't be on the field as much. Right. That would Which be, would be surprising. Concern. Yeah. But, I mean, you're looking around. There's probably going to be value there. Yeah. So we'll see. Uh, but let's go ahead and get into our Pop Top segment as you're pouring your beer. Stick. We can wait a second. Let's drink <laughs> these up a little bit. Uh, we can talk about Chad Henney visiting the Titans. <laughs> I saw he also had interest from the Dolphins, okay. bringing him back. <laughs> Going back to Miami, all right. <laughs> yeah. That's pretty hilarious. Um, yeah. Who they just restructured Tannehill's deal. Yes. And going back to the Titans, though, they've been pretty active. Oh, yeah. They, they went and got a couple Patriots players. 
Um, Deion Lewis and Malcolm Butler. Just right. Boatload of cash on him. Yeah, Deion Lewis, he's always been an exciting guy when healthy. Malcolm Butler, really mysterious situation with they him. They really like those Patriots corners. They got Logan Ryan last year. Now yep. they're getting Malcolm Butler. Yeah. And John Robinson was. But you know what? You know, the you know what? The perfect. He's in the perfect situation. He won't have to worry about playing in the Super Bowl in Tennessee either. So it's great. It's just. It's just like yeah. he'll be back home in New England. That's right. <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, <laughs> poor guy. <laughs> yeah. If y'all don't know, Malcolm Butler was benched during the Super Bowl. There's a lot of different information and probably misinformation out there about that. I'm not sure what the deal is, but Titans gave him a. The contract they gave him, they're expecting him to be a number one guy. He better be, yeah, a shutdown guy. And yeah, it's crazy. It's just like their two starting corners, New England guys, two years in a row. Yeah. Got a lot of money invested in those guys. Now, Deion Lewis is interesting because does that eat at Derrick Henry in terms of being on the field three down back? I think it helps him. I don't think Dion or I don't think Derrick Henry really should be a three down back. Um, because look at just look at what he did when he was the, the lone horse. He can make he can hit some home runs or he can run horizontally across the field. Yeah, and which is not nowhere. what you want. Not for a two hundred and forty pound running back. <laughs> no, sir. I think I think they can pick their poison. I think he's much better in a two back system. Because he doesn't have to get the 25 carries that will let him make dumb decisions like that play in and play out. Yeah, I don't like the I don't like it because it's probably better for them. <laughs> but yeah. yeah, and the Jaguars have had serious issues with running backs that can catch the ball out of the backfield. Now, one of those issues had something to do with a certain linebacker that just retired, who we haven't brought yeah. up this show. Yeah. How's Derek? We'll talk more about Paul Puzlesny after we do our pop top, which we're going to go ahead and get into right now. But cheers. Yeah, cheers to Paul Puzlesny on a fantastic NFL career. Uh, so, yeah, we've got our pop top beer to do here. It is from Bold City Brewery, the one and only sponsor of the Gin Jack podcast. You can find them online. BoldCityBrewery.com on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at BoldCityBrewery. We've got the Prismatic Rust Golden Sour. It's a golden sour ale dry hopped with Yukonot and Mosaic hops. 7.2 alcohol by volume. So we've got a little, little kick in this one. Let's go ahead and get into it, Scott. Lay it on me. Oh, yeah. What do we got here? That's such a good sound. It is. <laughs> Hope all of our listeners are enjoying it <laughs> yeah. as much as we are. I'm gonna give them a little, a little closer to the mic. Beautiful. This is definitely golden as advertised. Yes. It's a pretty color. Very clear. Oh wow. Packs a punch. Yeah. Very flavorful. Yeah. It is sour. Yeah, I mean, it is. It's, it's called kind of, a sour for yeah. a reason. I like I, it, though. I'm, I'm not like, a big fan of sours normally. I'd I see, like this. I'm a guy who... Sa- the, the sour candies, anything bitter, tar- I love... I, anything okay. like that, I love it. So, it, it, this kind of is, is right in my wheelhouse. 
This is the beer for Scott. Mm-hmm. All right, again, this is the um, Prismatic Rust Golden Sour. 7.2% alcohol by volume. You can go get it from Bold City Brewery downtown, East Bay Street. I was just over there this afternoon picking it up. They are uh, they're getting busy down there, and they're having a good time, so it's good. Go check them out. You can also check them out on their original location at Roselle in Riverside. And, uh, yeah, tell them we sent you. We'd really appreciate it. So Now, I didn't okay. want to interrupt the Pop Top segment, uh, but we have some breaking news. Breaking news. Barkevious Mingo has signed with the Seattle Seahawks. Okay. So, so maybe was... they'll get Mingo and we'll get Austin Safari and Jenkins, because that's the other stop that Austin Safari yeah. and Jenkins has. <laughs> maybe we'll just trade, uh, trade for those guys, basically. Um, so Mingo is a no-go. Yep. For the Jaguars. Not a huge surprise, but it is somebody that the Jaguars were linked to. He would have been like the Sam linebacker type. Yeah. Um, a guy who wouldn't get on the field more than 30, 40%. Yeah, what a disappointing career he, he's had, really. Yeah, first round pick by the Browns, I believe. Yeah. He's so, something else. Not in a good way. Right. I mean, I think overall he's not a terrible player, but yeah. such a high draft pick mm-hmm. to be. Uh, you draft him, for, he, they, he got drafted for his physical tools. And it just, it never really came together. There's no doubt about that. So, before we get into Paul Puzlesny, I want to go ahead and get into our exclusive Dwayne Smoot interview. UCF Jaguar was able to sit down with him and uh, talk to the Jaguars' soon-to-be second-year defensive end, Dwayne Smoot, who just started his own YouTube channel. You can follow him on YouTube as he vlogs throughout the offseason. Uh, he's got a really interesting insight. And, I mean, you just don't get that type of access very often when it comes to inside the locker room, on the practice field, different things like that. Yeah. So it's pretty exciting. So let's go ahead and get, get into that interview. If you want to watch the video from this interview, you can find it on UCF Jaguar's YouTube account. You can find it on genjag.com. And without further ado, here is UCF Jaguar and Dwayne Smith. Hey everybody, UCF Jaguar back here with GinJag.com, and I have a very special guest on the show today. Third round pick in the 2017 NFL Draft and Jaguars defensive end, Dwan Smoot. Dwan, how you doing, man? Doing pretty good. It's good to be here, man. Hell yeah, man. And, uh, you know, I actually found you because you actually recently started up a YouTube channel pretty cool because I don't really see many U- or Jaguar players or NFL players that is that have YouTube channels uh, kind of tell everybody what your YouTube channel is about and what kind of inspired you to start this channel um, so basically I'm just doing a vlog channel um, I'm just showing the inside look on one of the Jags and my life and I feel like the reason why I started is because I've seen a lot of guys are not doing not doing vlog channels especially guys in the NFL so I feel like it was a it was a it was a rare niche for me, and I felt like it was the best place for me to really start a YouTube channel. So I just took off and ran with it. Yeah, man, because one thing that makes YouTube channels so successful is just being unique. You know what I mean? You have all these vlog channels, but, you know, you're really the only channel that kind of has vlogs from an NFL kind of standpoint. You know, there's a lot of sports pages, but for my channel, I'm really the only person that really covers exclusively kind of Jaguar stuff. And, you know, that's kind of how you become popular. So, you know, that's really cool. Um, you know, definitely I'm going to put your links down in the description below. So everyone definitely go check out Dewan's channel and 
just get an inside look on what it's like to be, you know, around these different Jaguar players that you guys all love. And just, uh, you know, for guys that aren't necessarily Jaguar fans, it's what it's like to kind of follow an NFL player. So um, next thing I kind of want to ask is just about the offseason. You know, I always feel for rookies during their first season on the team just because not only are they having to adjust to playing football at a professional level, level with a bunch of better players, but you also literally have no off-season. I mean, after the college season ends, you start preparing for the combine, then you have pro days, then draft, then, you know, OTA start up, then the next thing you know, training camp's here. So, um, you know, what is it like just this off-season, actually being able to have an off-season and kind of do your own thing to, you know, be, be where you are at? Uh, well, just one thing, I'm happy to be finally done after a whole year of just working. Like, like you said, rookies, like, Coming into the league, you don't really have a lot of time to rest. So you're just going constantly uh, for like a whole year. After my season, around like January, I started uh, doing combine training, started getting ready for the season. I actually had to go to senior bowl too, so I had, had to train for that too. So it was just, it was constant all the way till like we um, we went to the AFC championships. So, I mean, it was like a whole year, just like from January to January of just working, grinding in the weight room on the field, just doing everything. So, I mean, I'm, I'm definitely happy that it's finally over now because I'm getting a little bit of rest. <laughs> yeah. It's, it still didn't stop. I mean, I got like two weeks off, and then I'm like right back to it in San Francisco right now. Yeah, because I was about to say, you know, most players have a 16-week season, but you're over here playing 19 games long. So, not much really time for rest. Mm -hmm. So, I'm glad you're kind of, you know, got a little bit of time to kind of take to yourself, and then now you can probably start on your workouts. But – you know, it's kind of interesting just because I've been a Jaguars fan, you know, my whole life. I'm 24 years old. So, you know, this last decade just hasn't been too much of a fan just to be a fan of the Jaguars. Just, you know, all these kind of losing seasons and, you know, the team's obviously been struggling. But, you know, you get on this team and then right off the bat, you guys go 10-6, and AC South champions, you know, host a playoff game for the first time since 1999, you know, go to the AFC championship game, just proving everybody wrong. Man, what was it like to be on this journey as a Jaguar? Uh, I mean, I would just say it was it was crazy. It was it was definitely something that I seen that really really sparked something in Duval for sure. Because like just seeing the difference of like how it was when I first came in when I first got drafted to how it was at the end of the season and how excited the fans were. I mean, we had got we had fans lining up outside after we lost. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. It, it was huge for it was huge for you guys and it was huge for us too um so just turn turn around this program and just seeing like the changes it's, it's been huge and it's, it's been a blessing yeah man i mean i know you guys are all happy to be a part of it but man the fans are fired up i mean we haven't had this kind of energy around the jaguars in so long and it was just it was such an awesome season and something that not really many people expected so that was really awesome so um, you just got done with your rookie year. Um, you know, I just want to know, how do you feel you did your rookie season, and what are some things that you are kind of doing this offseason that you want to work on to really be where you want to be in your second year as a pro? Um, I feel like I did a pretty good job my, my first year. I definitely got my feet wet. I was able to get uh, roughly about 10, 10 to 15 plays a game. Just just to really – just the uh, backup class and stuff like that was – a was definitely um, a learning point for me. I, I was able to learn a lot from Calais, from Malik, from uh, Mar from Marcel, from everybody on the D-line. I mean, you saw us. We were balling this year. Oh, yeah. Saxonville, baby. <laughs> yeah, yes, sir. <laughs> yeah, just, just, uh, 
just learning from those guys and being able to get on the get on the field definitely gave me a lot of a lot of experience that I needed. And uh, this next year, just I'm just looking to just build off this this past year. I mean, we're really you you already know what our goals are. Super Bowl bust at oh, this yeah. point. <laughs> so I mean, the 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 next goal is one for me to work as hard as I can right now in the off season to be able to be able to uh, have a good season to be able to have a breakout year for my next year. Yeah, man. And then, you know, one reason why I think your channel will be successful is because, you know, a lot of people love hard knocks. You know, it's one of the, you know, biggest kind of things every season. Everyone looks forward to it. Uh, but, you know, one thing that we love the most is when they make kind of the rookies do these weird little things in front of everybody. Uh, you know, what was your most kind of embarrassing rookie moment that like some of the veterans made you do? Oh, man. Um, I would just say, I had to stand up. It was, I think it was, it was our first preseason game, and it and it was the the night before the game, where they had all the rookies on the defense. We all had to uh, like stand up one by one. One, we had to tell them how much um, our signing bonus was. <laughs> all the guys got a kick out of that, and then we had we had to sing a song, and basically either had to be good, or you got booed off, or you got fined. <laughs> So, I mean, one, that, that was one of the most embarrassing things I had to do. I, I never really stood up in front of anybody and, like, sung or anything. But it was fun. It was fun to definitely do that uh, for the guys and everything. It got a lot of laughs. It was it was a good time. How do you think you did when you went up there and sang? you think you did a good job or were you good, bad? How were you? <laughs> I mean, I, I chose a song that I, that I, was, that I knew I was going to know. I chose Friends. <laughs> like, Friends. How many of us have them? I saw, I saw, yeah. <laughs> and a, a bunch of the guys, they liked it, but half of the guys, it, it was led by Jalen, actually. He he booed me off the stage. <laughs> oh, man. But, yeah, it was pretty fun, though. Yeah, that's hilarious. But, you know, last question, another kind of, like, inside the locker room kind of thing. Um, who on the team is the funniest player on the team? And also, which player on the team is just a teammate that – is just the grossest after a workout, just always smells like shit. When they get up from the bench press or incline, just leaves a puddle on, like, the bench press. Which guy is that guy? Which guy's the funniest on the team? Um, I would say the funniest on the team is definitely either Malik uh, or Jalen. Both of them guys, and on top of that, they're locker mates. So that is it's just oh, it's trouble in the beginning. <laughs> <laughs> they're always clowning around, always making jokes all the time. But I would say the smelliest, mm, I feel like that's a tough one. Out of everybody, I feel like the the nastiest guy I've seen after practice was definitely uh, Jeremy Parnell. Jeremy Parnell, <laughs> hands down, hands down. I mean, he, you can just see all the years just sweating off of him. <laughs> yeah, man, I was about to say, man, man, those big Uggs on the offensive line, man, I bet they could just uh, you know profusely sweat. Like I can see Cam Robinson being a guy that's probably you know nasty as hell, but. Just, yeah. just puddles around them, especially at like in the summer when we're doing uh, training camp and everything. All you see is just puddles around these guys. These guys are just <laughs> they're working hard, but you can see that these guys are dying out there. <laughs> hey man, when they're down in this humidity, man, what can you expect? Especially in that August September sun, oh, it gets it gets brutal out there. Yes. Oh <laughs> uh, yeah, but hey man, that's about all wraps up our interview, man. I really appreciate you coming on, uh, everybody. You guys can follow Duan Smooth down in the links down below. Follow him on YouTube. He's also on Twitter and Instagram. And, you know, he's obviously coming off rookie year, you know, second year on the team. So he's going to be a Jaguar for a long time and hopefully, you know, on the Jaguar for a long run. So, uh, Duan, thanks so much for joining me today. Thanks for having me, man. I appreciate it. What's going on, everybody? All right. 
So that was our exclusive interview with Dwan Smoot, Jaguar's second-year defensive end. UCF Jaguar on the interview, our YouTube and video correspondent. You can follow him at UCF underscore Jaguar. Follow Dwayne Smoot as well. He's got this awesome new YouTube channel that we brought up. That was an awesome interview. You get some stuff there that you don't normally get from interviews. Yeah. I mean, Jeremy Parnell, you can see the years sweating off of him. <laughs> what a quote. That's funny. Hey, why are you calling out my man Cam Robinson like that? Come on, man. I know. we got to talk to UCF about that. Cam Robinson, I mean, just because he's a big guy doesn't mean he's nasty. Why, yeah, why are you calling him nasty? <laughs> <laughs> that is funny, though. I could definitely see Jeremy Parnell being a... I was the first one I thought about was him just because I'm like, huge. that's a mean dude, and he probably wore... He probably sweats all that anger out. He's always got, like, the beard going on. He just looks like a... Yeah. yeah he, he looks like one of those guys that would get out there and sweat a lot. So, we appreciate um, Dwan Smoot coming on, talking to UCF Jaguar. If you want to watch that video or listen to it again, you can go to the uh, UCF Jaguar YouTube page. You can go to genjag.com, find it on the homepage. It'll be right there for you. So, that was awesome. Being able to have Dwan Smoot. I mean, yeah. he seems like a really humble guy. Which, of course, you know, being behind Calais Campbell, you kind of got to be. Humble. Yeah. <laughs> got to take that lead and just run with it. Um, so he's got some great mentors. He looks like a guy that, at the very least, is going to be really, really good against the run. Mm-hmm. We've seen some pass rush moves out of him in the past, especially in college. So he could develop into a starter down the line for the Jaguars. I mean, you know, Calais Campbell's long in the tooth now. He, that could be his replacement as a starter in a couple of years. Yeah, I mean, Calais Campbell is, like you said, he's. I think he's going to be, I think he's 32 this I think this, this is his this 32 season? year, yeah. I think he's getting to 32. So, I mean, he just had a career year, so he could play for five, six more years probably at the level he's, at the way he's going. Yeah. But, I mean, that's... It was a bit of a head-scratcher when we took a guy that high to be a backup to Calais Campbell. But you're always looking forward. I mean, okay. at, the end of, at the end of his rookie year, it's going to become, or at the end of his rookie contract, I mean, it's going to be coming up on a time where the question is going to be brought up, are we going to bring Calais back? How is he still performing? To where, hopefully, there's a seamless transition mm-hmm. to where he can take over that spot. Yeah. And hey, he he. Judging by the 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 vlogs that he's posted, he's putting in the work. Yep, dudes around the locker room like him. <laughs> um, we'll see. I mean, let's hey take it to the next level this year. Yeah, make, let's hope so. Whether you're getting ten snaps or you're getting fifty, make every one of them your best one. So we just got some new info on the Marquise Lee uh, oh. numbers from Mike DeRocco. It had been reported that those numbers might be inflated by certain reports that were coming out. Uh, Brent Martineau, I believe, said that originally. So now Marquise Lee will get a $7 million signing bonus. And he will also, the deal will average $8.5 million. So which is a little bit less than what we originally thought. Originally thought it was going to be in between 9 and $10 million. So $8.5 million, a little bit more palatable, maybe. For some people, yeah, the total guarantee looks like it's sixteen and a half million. It looks like it's yeah, it's basically a two-year deal. Typical with typical the, yeah. I mean, always having an escape escape plan. <laughs> yep, no doubt about it. 
Now we've covered everything that's gone down. Let's, what does all this mean though? Let's take a look at what some of these moves might mean, some theories that some people might have. You brought up something interesting earlier regarding, you know, what all these moves might mm-hmm. mean. What's your take? Yeah, they, they're certainly filling a lot of the holes mm-hmm. that they had. You know, we, we, we went over on our last podcast, it was wide receiver, guard, corner, quarterback, linebacker, linebacker. The fifth one was just kind of a, a, a mix of, uh, here and there. They haven't addressed the quarterback. They only have one quarterback on the roster. Um, do I think they're going to go quarterback early? I think looking at what the moves they made, it's more likely than it was three days ago. I still think that you're looking for an instant impact kind of guy with your first round pick. Yeah. So I don't know if that's the spot. But somebody, I can't remember who it was, somebody brought up the fact that with all the guys that they're bringing on and how much they're pushing themselves to their salary and how many guys are going to be on the roster, roster going into training camp, maybe, maybe that they're planning on going into the draft and going through the draft with getting less guys than the picks they originally started with. So, yeah, so they have seven of, picks. Maybe they're looking to move some stuff. Yeah, get rid of a couple picks to move up and maybe get a guy we potentially or maybe see even like not even a draft pick trade. Maybe we trade the draft picks and get a veteran. Yeah. You don't know. Now, of course, you're trading significant draft picks for a veteran. This is probably a veteran that has a contract that Correct. is expensive. So <laughs> that might be out of the question considering all the signings that have happened and how up against the cap it, that they are. And it, it, it looks like they're over the cap right now. To me, I haven't really said this because I don't know. How crazy I sound think or saying it out loud. To me, I wouldn't be surprised if behind the scenes they're maybe not calling out and reaching reaching out to teams, but just fielding questions. Hey Dante Fowler, what do you think of him? Yeah. Because he's a young guy who's shown promise. Ten sacks, including the playoffs last year. Mm-hmm. So I mean he's shown some promise. He's there's kind of a log jam right now at defensive end. Um, you can really get some capital out of them. Um, you would think. Yeah. So, I don't know if it's going to happen. It's just something I've thought about that of who on our roster would be tradable. And he's probably the first one I would think of be- only because I think Unique, the way he played this past year. You can't get rid of yeah. him. He's too good. I mean, over 20 sacks in his first two seasons. As a second-year player... If Calais Campbell wasn't on his team, he would have broke the Jaguars' sack record. <laughs> the he, most forced fumbles in the league. Right. I mean, he's a monster. Yeah. it's And he's he's one of those guys that is self-motivated as they come. Yeah. Like, he is posting all the time motivational stuff. He is just... He's into it. He's all in on becoming the best pass rusher in the NFL. And he thinks he is already. He said that on Good Morning Football last week. He went on the NFL Network's um, morning show and was talking about how he believes he's going to be yeah, know, the best pass rusher in the game. So I I wouldn't be surprised if there was a quarterback taken relatively early. Yeah, I would be surprised in the first round. Um, but once you get past the first round, 
How much of an impact are you going to get? Maybe they're going to use some of their draft capital to move up early in the second, try and get one of the guys that maybe like a Mason Rudolph, or even if Lamar Jackson somehow still hasn't gotten picked. If they're still sitting there, you know, early on in the second round, who knows? I mean, <laughs> yeah. Basically, no one knows what the hell the Jaguars are going to do at this point. It's all speculation, but this has been some damn surprising moves. Yeah. Now, we forgot about Paul Puzlesny again. We were so enamored with Dewan Smoot. Paul Puzlesny retired. Yeah. Jaguars all-time leading tackler. Uh, spent quite, quite an, I think 2011 he came to Jacksonville. Um, consummate professional. Mm-hmm. Fantastic leader. When he was in his prime, he was one of the best linebackers, middle linebackers in football. You know, he took Miles Jack under his wing, knew that Miles Jack was going to replace him, knew that this day was going to come, still took him under his wing, and just taught him everything possible. I think if the few years under Gus Bradley didn't happen where he was put in situations that really exposed his weaknesses, people wouldn't be so against the thought of him being on the pride of the Jaguars. Yeah. They are absolutely against it because of those few years where he was asked to do things that he that is not in his game. And it punished Absolutely him. Was. But he did it because he's a professional and he's and he's a, he's a football player. You tell me what to do, coach, I'll do it to the best of my abilities. And that's yeah. what he did every single day. No doubt about it. And uh, I just think getting going back to the pride that you brought up, the pride of the Jaguars, you know, the Jaguars Hall of Fame basically. Um for me, I love Paul. Daryl Smith. Yeah. Daryl Smith was just a much better player than Paul Puzlesny, in my opinion. And he shouldn't have been let go so quickly. I think Dave Caldwell has actually openly said yeah. that that might have been a mistake he made early mm-hmm. on as a GM. Um, he still played a number of impressive years for the Ravens and Buccaneers after that, so... I'm a Daryl Smith guy, but I love Paul Puzlesny too. No, I understand Daryl Smith probably... It'll be tough. They play different positions. I mean, Daryl Smith played outside and inside, though. Yeah. I. It's tough. Because with Paul Puzlesny, I feel like he was really the best player on the defense for years. Best player on a terrible team. It was just so bad. Daryl Smith at least had some success... With our heyday of our defense. He did. Um, he did. Yeah. We'll remember both of them fondly. Absolutely. I will remember Daryl Smith as a better player than Paul Puzlesny. That's my point. Yeah. He's a better player. Yeah. But Sometime, beyond that, Paul Puzlesny is probably your second best linebacker. Mike Peterson and him are probably in the same conversation. Yeah. But mm-hmm. Mike Peterson did it for not as long as Paul Puzlesny mm-hmm. did here. Anyways, great career, fantastic man, fantastic player. Sad to see him go, but, you know, I'm happy that he's retiring as a Jaguar, really. Yeah. That's good. I'm glad he's here. So Or has been here. And he might be the type of guy who could get involved with the organization Mm -hmm. as, you know, somewhere in the organization. Maybe not even a coach, but player ambassador or something like that. Uh, Because he's just... The fan, fantastic role model for anybody in the organization. Absolutely. You'd like to keep a guy like that around. <laughs> he, he, he was um, 
I, I somebody one of the Jaguars players was showing. I think it was Miles Jack was showing a plaque of him. It was him working out, and then in the it was in the Jaguars weight room, and it had the the workout warriors for every year. It's at 2012, 13, 14, whatever. Paul Puzzles. Paul Puzzles. Paul Puzzles. Every single one of them. Just go be the strength and conditioning coach. Yeah. <laughs> like, I mean, go I don't and know just if be he a, has any like be a gym rat knowledge of that. <laughs> like in terms of actually being that type of guy. I don't know if he does, but man, put him on the team. Put him on the strength and conditioning team. He yeah, he was the pro bowler of the workout room yeah. every year. It seemed like. He was. Special guy. Very special guy. Now, getting back to current Jaguars, I have one concern. And you would think there's no way Tom Coughlin would let history repeat itself. But in the late 90s, Tom Coughlin's spending as the Jaguars GM, he was the head coach and GM at the time, crippled the Jaguars for several years. And it almost got them a Super Bowl. They were damn close to it. Couldn't quite get past the Titans. If they had, they probably would have won the Super Bowl. But with all this spending, it just has me asking the question. I'm not saying Tom Coughlin is repeating his history and making the same mistakes twice. I don't think he is. I certainly think he has better support around him with Dave Caldwell and John Idzik and guys that are absolute experts at managing the cap. And based on all the different free agent signings they've had over the past few years, you would think that these signings are are deals that the Jaguars would be able to get out of with relative ease in a year or two. But if you if if come next season or the season after we're looking at not being able to sign a Jalen Ramsey or a Unique Ngakwe or a Miles Jack or someone like that. You got to start looking at that, really. Like, yeah. well, I already think not signing Allen Robinson or Aaron Colvin was a mistake. One of those guys should have been back. That, that, and again, maybe that was an opportunity thing where these players were just like, let me go be a star somewhere instead of being a role player. And I feel like that might have been... One might impact the other. I think looking at the guys that they need to sign next year played a far, played a part of not bringing those guys back because Maybe. they're much more of a heavy salary impact right. for next year and the year after that. Absolutely, both of those guys. guys would have been more long term impact on the salary cap than anything that has happened this year, mm-hmm. save Andrew Norwell. Yeah. So maybe that's right. Another another reason why I'm not as concerned about it, which being this close to the salary cap, you have to feel nervous, especially the way thing, the way the big contracts have been in the last couple of years. But looking at their 2019 free agent class, there's no one really that needs to be re-signed. I think the biggest name was James O'Shaughnessy. That was going to be becoming an upcoming free agent right. for next year after this season. But you're probably looking to get deals done with Ramsey yeah, you and Gakwe. You can pick up the option with Ramsey, which helps. You can, um, but you might want to just get it done. You want to get you want absolutely absolutely you can get it done. You want to get it done. Um, you can restructure or straight up cut guys to open up. I, I right. I, you're looking at Marcel Darius at that time. Probably. You can clear ten million off the books with Marcel Darius, whether you cut him or restructure his contract. 
Um, I, he's definitely somebody next year that we're going to be talking about. Will he be on the t- football team again? Yeah. But that's why look in this draft for them to target, maybe not early on, but at some point, guys that can replace, whether it's safety, whether it's Barry Church or Tashawn Gibson. Yeah, both who, of those, the Jags would save money, some significant money yeah. by parting ways with. Whether it's defensive tackle for Marcel Darius or even Avery Jones. Right. Um, start looking ahead at guys like that to get guys as fill-ins. Say, hey, we need to start looking ahead because... Next year, we're going to have to make some tough decisions. <laughs> yeah, they really are. And that's a good thing. They've drafted well recently. Mm-hmm. They've got a core. This is a Jaguars team. Forget everything that we've talked about. The bottom line is they're going to be able to run the ball next year. And they're going to be able to play defense. And that's what you want. That's what they want to do. Nothing that they have done has... Uh, prevented that from happening again next year and by all accounts they should be able to run the ball even better next year Leonard Fournette will have another year under his belt the offensive line is going to be tougher Andrew Norwell is just a nasty player I mean we saw him stone J.J. Watt did you see that video clip yeah I saw that that fantastic I mean so Regardless of what's happened, if you're mad about Allen Robinson and not staying, if you're mad about Marquise Lee staying, if you're mad about Aaron Colvin leaving, the Jaguars are built to beat the crap out of teams and just pound, pound, pound on the offensive side of the ball. And on the defensive side of the ball, they're still built. Uh, And overall, NFL games are won on the line of scrimmage. Look at the, Show me a better roster in terms of the two lines of scrimmage. The, I don't know if there is one besides maybe Philadelphia. That's exactly what I was going to say. And they just got done almost manhandling the Patriots yes. in the Super Bowl. Yeah. So Philadelphia possibly, but they're going to be losing some guys. It looks like Benny Curry and Michael Kendricks could be gone. They did add Michael Bennett, correct? And they added somebody else. So, I mean, yeah. Eagles are... Interesting team. They're kind of like the Jaguars. Some people are like, are they printing money up there in Philadelphia? <laughs> they, they, like, they, they, were, they were negative. They were like over the cap by a million. And then they signed Nigel Bradham. For, yeah, my, Nigel. I think it's Nigel Yeah, Bradham. they just signed Four Nigel years, Bradham. $50 million or something. Yeah, he ridiculous. basically got the same type of money as a uh, Telvin Smith. Yeah. that's Where where they get it? What are they going to do? Who knows? But uh, it's been an awesome and exciting and frantic 48 hours. Yeah. I think most of the heavy lifting is done, but draft the draft's right around the corner now. There could be some more free agent signings or trades. We don't know what's going to happen. But we've had a great time covering it for the last 48 hours, and we'll continue to do so. We really appreciate all of our listeners. Please review us on iTunes if you're able. Follow us on SoundCloud. Check out the website, genjag.com. We're about to have some sexy new Duval hats going up on the Ooh, website goodness. tomorrow. I have one on my head right now. It is spectacular. I'm so excited about this. Yeah, so we're pumped. So you can go check them out in the morning, Thursday morning. Today's Wednesday. We record the podcast Wednesday. It'll be out tonight. But we've got a lot of other fun stuff on the website, too. Podcast videos from UCF, Jag, um, and... Hats, t-shirts, koozies, all sorts of fun stuff, stickers. So 
check it out, ginjag.com. Follow Scott Klein at scottkline1. Follow myself at Jordan DeLugo. And you can follow our other co-host who was not with us today, Hunter Evans, at CoachH underscore Evans. That's going to do it for this show. It's been a crazy free agent frenzy. And uh, we're excited to see what happens in the next uh, couple days. And we'll get back at you next week with our next podcast. And have a great weekend, Duval. Peace. Thanks so much for listening to the GenJag Podcast with your host, Jordan DeLugo. Online at GenJag.com. Twitter at Generation Jag. Facebook and Instagram at Generation Jaguar. Block and teal all day. We'll catch you next time.